Welcome back to This Is How We Do It with Howie and Shep. I've been gone a while, we've taken a few weeks off, and there's a lot going on in the world. Blink-182 is back on tour, Tom Brady is losing his mind, the Jets are a Super Bowl contender, Devontae Adams demolished an innocent cameraman, Robert Kraft is married, Dan Snyder still owns the Commanders, and my balls are out $250,000. Let's get to it. One, two, Shep, what's going on? It's been a couple weeks. How yes. you doing? Yeah, uh, doing great, you know. Um, nice little uh, fall recess here that we had, but um, glad to be getting back at it. Busy time in uh, in the world. I've been gone a few weeks. I was actually uh, down in Kansas. Uh, love Kansas. Absolutely love Kansas. Some might say you're more Kansas than our producer, John, now, who is, who is from Kansas. Who is in studio also. Thank you, John, for being with us this afternoon. Um, Kansas is a great state. I was down there uh, for a couple weeks. Um, I actually got to go to KU game day, which was a really cool experience. Was that your first game day experience? Well, they certainly never came to UMass. Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> game, game day and myself went to the same number of football games at UMass, and that's zero. Um, so it was really cool to see. It was packed the hill. I was there really early. Um, I was there at like 8.30, and it was packed. Really cool. You know, they had the Home Depot Bus. Have you obviously seen this? Well, so yeah, uh, and they went to Georgia, I think, once, maybe twice while I was there. But to be honest, I never went. Like, because one, you had to, like, line up. If you wanted to get in the crowd, you had to line up at, like, 5 a.m., which no way in hell I was doing that on a game day. Uh, And then two, it was, like, it was in a good location to do it, but not really convenient for, like, where I would be tailgating and stuff like that. So I just, like, just went straight to my tailgates. Like, yeah. I never went to game day. Yeah, but they, we had people who would and then come to the tailgate afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, if if I went to Georgia, I probably wouldn't also be going to game day. But this is cool. Like, the hill is set up where they had game day at the bottom of the hill, and the hill looks over the stadium. So you're right there. So you easily just walk kind of It's from, also different where, like, right. Georgia gets it every year, maybe every other year, whereas Kansas, like... I mean, Kansas yeah, is... they're not... They may never get it again. Right. So that was to get that experience And they don't them, have, students, like, a awesome. huge tailgating... Uh, situation anyways so i mean it's not like other people had really anywhere to go um and everyone's really hyped the um you know who made a killing is the kids that parked uh sold parking on their lawn you should have seen these rates these kids were charging 80 bucks a mile and a half away to park on their lawn 80 bucks just cashing in straight venmo uh so those kids made out great but it was really cool experience um Look, Kansas is great. You know, two dollar beers can't find that anywhere in DC. So that was a nice uh, that was a nice change. Heading down to the local pub and grabbing a two dollar Bush Light draft. Love so it. can't beat it. Also, uh, not a lot of healthy options in in Sunflower State. I uh, searched Sweet Green on Google. Sweet Green near me, and all that came up was five Sonic Drive-in locations. <laughs> So, uh, so that's the closest. That's the closest. A Sonic salad is close. I would imagine. That's the closest. I I honestly couldn't find a salad. There's one salad I found that I actually enjoyed, but they, yeah, Sonic Drive-in was the was the, the closest one's probably Chicago. To be honest, Sweet Green. Yeah, yeah, that's the, it's yeah. only in like five cities. Right. So I mean, I could drive you know a couple hours away and and pick one up. I guess. There are um, places to get salads. <laughs> our producer John is is disputing my claim about salads and cans. We can get to that later. Um, also, quick, Blink-182 is coming back on tour. Uh, Shep, I know you're a fan. What do you think about that? I mean, it's pretty awesome. I, so I I had this whole thing where um, kind of like my guess here, it's not a conspiracy or anything. I don't know if you'd solve it like, so uh, Mark Hoppus, who's the bassist, you know, one of the original members, he, a year or two ago, it came out that he had cancer. Um, 
And every time something big happens, Blink-182 has come back together. Yeah. They came back together in 2011 after uh, Travis Barker, the drummer, had survived a plane crash um, where, like, everyone else died on a small plane except for him. Um, wow. And he survived, and they had a reunion tour and put out another album. Now, Mark Hoppus, you know, went through cancer. I think that was probably what got... Because if you've ever followed their story, like, he and Tom DeLonge, the, the other, you know, the kind of the two original guys... Uh, we're like best friends growing up and like I've had a tumult not I'm not gonna say tumultuous and who knows like what's true and what's not but certainly I've had their different falling outs and disagreements but I'm guessing something like that just always kind of brings you back together and makes you realize what's important and that how much fun they had together at their you know at their peak and yeah you know I mean they're, they're gonna sell a million they're gonna yeah. sell every show um Those, so it's really exciting yeah. I mean, Travis Barker obviously uh in his really new life with the Kardashians should be interesting to see him back on stage um <laughs> But that should be exciting. So I want to move into NFL before we get into college football a little bit. Um, lots of stuff going on. We've been gone a couple of weeks. Just want to cover some things here. First off, um, New York football's looking really good. Are the Jets a Super Bowl contender this year? I don't know. Our, our previous guest, AJ, texted me, uh, DC Drew, and he claims that they are a Super Bowl contender with Sauce Gardner leading the way. What, do, what are your thoughts on that? Also, Giants. I mean, Giants 5-1, yeah, Bills 5-1. I mean, New York is apparently the state of football. I mean, yes, if I had to pick one. I mean, that, the biggest issue with the Jets is that, you know, the Bills are in their their division. doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs. It's still going to be tough. Um, but, I mean, if you're a – I think I would be more optimistic as a Jets fan than I would a Giants fan. I mean, Dable over in the Giants looks like a legitimate coach. But you've got so much young talent on the Jets' side of the ball that – even if Zach Wilson's not the answer, you're a quarterback from him either him either figuring it out or getting a legitimate quarterback from potentially being a real threat to the Bills. And I don't mean that lightly. Like they, I mean Brees Hall is a stud. They've got studs all across the wide receiver at wide receiver at every level. Um, that defense looks great. Like you said, Sauce Gardner in his rookie year is looking like he's going to be a shutdown corner in this league. The, the pieces are there. Um, do the Jets do what they always do and find a way to mess it up. Um, they, they have yeah. the longest active uh, playoff drought, 2010, I think is the last time, So, which is like five years longer than the next longest. So they've got their work cut out for them. But you've got to be happy if you're a Jets fan. Yeah, and you know Saquon is healthy and, and coming yeah. alive for and, the, Giants the Giants as well. Is, yeah, he looks um, so they're playing really good. Danny Dimes is, is actually looking pretty decent. He's playing his way into another contract. To, that's the question. Are Giants fans happy about that or not? Right. I mean, like, the, the, the people that have said from the beginning that Danny Dimes – is the future of the Giants are ecstatic right now. Um, and there are those Giants fans. And I think there's um, a lot of people in the rest of the division who are saying, thank God. Yeah, yeah like, right, exactly you know? right. Exactly right. I, for, for the record, I never thought Danny Dimes was the future of the Giants, but, you know, we'll see. Um, with the healthy Saquon, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. John, you going to add something? Yeah, okay, all right. So I, have, I guess I have to eat crow. I Googled Topeka, Kansas salads. And this is from TripAdvisor, the 10 best salads in Topeka, updated October 2022. The first one is the burger stand. Okay. So <laughs> my, the so, third one is North Star Steakhouse. So I, so I rest my case. So I rest my case there. Okay. So this is no surprise to me, but I rest my case. Um, okay. So I want to move on. There's some drama going on with Tom Brady, like always. Um, he announced uh, he's getting a divorce from his wife. Um, and you know, they, the reason now is coming out, I guess that he, obviously she didn't want him to play another year with his retirement announcement. Then he comes back. 
and that must have been the last straw. Um, and now last week he's screaming at players on the sidelines. I like the fire, but you know, look, a single Tom Brady is a scary thing for teams in the NFL. So there's been a lot of conspiracies on this, and one of them, my own conspiracy, is that I think he was going to get, they were going to get divorced anyways. Like, I think things were probably already too far gone that they were going to get divorced anyways, and that is actually why he came back. Because it was like, if I'm going to have, if I'm going to get divorced, like, at least if I do it during the season, like, it's not a, as public, I have this to keep, you know, I have football to put my mind on, not on that. Um, so that's one conspiracy. The other is that, like, have you seen this? Like, it's going all over, like, TikTok. That I'm not on TikTok. I just wait for it to come on Instagram like an adult. Like a real... Yeah. <laughs> we, we, for the record, we watch TikToks on reels like yeah. adults. Okay. Um, for the record. So the, there was one that's, like, Giselle was, like, a witch. And it's, like, her witchcraft has been, like, what's uh, keeping, like, Tom Brady as good as he is so he's just gonna fall off a cliff now once they get divorced and it's like this whole thing like he's even talked about it like did about a, how did a 14 year old write that tiktok or no, no oh, i don't know who these people are um but it's like but he's like talked about it if you like listen to like old interviews he talks about like keeping like crystals and like thing like little sayings that like giselle wants him to say like before the game i mean that so, that, so this could like actually be real i mean that doesn't surprise me i mean he has a wild routine kisses yeah. some on the lips for people who forget <laughs> And he's just a, he just, he's a wild, wild man in his routine. So that wouldn't surprise me, honestly. And, and the last thing I want to say is on, you know, obviously the Bucks aren't playing up to their, to what they would want their standard to be this year. Um, it's been frustrating. The offense has looked, I mean, dysfunctional to say the least. Um, I mean, there's, there's legitimate excuses. I mean, there's injuries all up and down the offensive line. Um, injuries have been all, plagued the receivers. Um, but, I mean, someone put out a tweet that, like, and I thought it was funny and I wish I could find it. This was a couple weeks ago, but it was, like, Brady out here throwing tantrums at his, like you said, at his offensive line trying to fire them up. But, like, you got to look at yourself, man. You you took off a week and a half during training camp. You don't practice on Wednesdays ever. Like, And he hasn't and been playing great. And he, yeah, mean, and then you haven't been playing great. Like, it's like... And you're going to yell at your offensive line to step it up? Like, I mean, he look in the mirror. He then he said last week that going to football season is like you're going on deployment in the military. I mean, okay. just like absurd. Yes. And Tom Brady's just <laughs> unraveling here. Um, you know, look, it's Tom Brady's never, never in doubt. But uh, but we'll see what happens the rest of the season. I think you know, I think he was asked yesterday if he's retiring after this year already. Yeah. Reporters are jumping on the bit. He says no. He says he's going to play till like he's 60 now or something like that. So we'll see. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Is if Tom Brady is Tom Brady on the Bucks next year, though, if he doesn't retire, is he on the Bucks? I think so. I don't. No, I, I, I mean, we'll see how he does the rest of the season. I mean, it's a couple bad weeks. Um, we'll see. It's season. It's still early yeah. in the season. He could. He I could mean, turn when they around. won it, they people didn't. I mean, they kind of started a slow the year he won it with them. You know, I mean, he, he did. Them, what he won a Super Bowl two years ago with them. Yeah. I mean, so I, it's yeah. not like he's been awful. Right. No. No. Bucks, no. So. And even last year, they were they were a very solid team. Yeah. Um, and and like I said, it's like and they started slow again. They started slow the year they won it, so no one kind of expected them to win it. Um, you know, as they were catching fire in the playoffs, is what happened. So yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, moving on, still in the NFL, um, Dan Snyder is once again found himself at the center of controversy. Uh, ESPN report came out. Um, I don't know if it was couple days ago or last week or whatever it was, saying that he has hired a private investigator uh, to dig up dirt on Goodell and NFL owners, team owners, um, in case they try to remove him as an owner so he has blackmail. He has said he has dirt on all 30, 31 other owners. Then he, he, then he denied the report. 
he, I mean, he is, hey, there is, I absolutely do not believe him for one second. He absolutely hired these investigators. Yes. Um, he is. This, this is a mutually assured destruction. The, I mean, this is nuclear deterrence, you know? I mean, like. if, if he brings, if he going down, he's bringing, he's doing his best to bring the NFL down with him. I, um, he says, quote, he has enough dirt to blow up the NFL and he will release the dirt if they remove him as an owner. The fact that he is still the owner of the commanders is incredible. The, Here's the problem. Well, so one, of, I saw a funny quote that was like, he was like, I, he was like, you know, the NFL ownership, it's like the mafia, like all these uh, people hate each other. And then another like unnamed owner was like, no, Dan, everyone just hates you. Was like the Look, response. I, do, do I think there's no, do I think there's no, um, there's definitely feuds. There's definitely infighting, um, between, between all of them. I'm sure, I'm sure at the end of the day, they're all rich people who, you know, and look, they have, and here's the problem with trying to get rid of them, right? Like, is it warranted? Yes. Should he be the owner anymore? No. Should he sell the team on his own accord? Probably. Just be a good person. But, we, but we he's not. Obviously. He's not. Um, but here's the problem: is that so many owners are worried that the precedence that this could set that if you vote to take him out now, not that it becomes a popularity contest, but what other owners are then going to be forced to sell their teams, you know, yeah. because of the whims of the other, of 20, what does it take, 27 right. other owners or whatever? Right. Like, so I think that's what, you know, they do kind of look out for each other, I think, in that sense. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. pretty exclusive I mean, club of people, so. That's true, and I think, you know, if you look at the, let's let's take a look at the commanders. Here's what I want, wait, real quick, here's what I want to know. Since the Packers, you know, are, like, publicly traded, who votes on, who like, who votes on because it the largest that, shareholder? That of, is, that is. I actually that don't know how bizarre, that works. That is a bizarre, the fact that they are a public traded yeah NFL like whatever team, it is whatever it is weird um aaron Rodgers just, make, just yeah, makes just makes decisions he just he just is a major shareholder makes all decisions let's look at the commander's rap sheet uh this year starting with week one the cup incident where they put uh washington and the state of washington as the background uh so that's tech one not to not to miss all of the sexual assaults allegations against the team. I mean, that's uh, what started all of his, this, right? His yeah, and his investigation. Videotaping cheerleaders. He's come. He's come before the House Oversight Committee. Uh, all of these things. ESPN has been out to get him. Um, and then, in, and to make matters really, really worse, week one, the winner of the Commanders 50-50 raffle won $14,000. He gets the check, goes to cash it, and the check bounces. Yep. So, you know, how bad really are we with the Commanders right now? He needs to sell it. There's almost nobody going to these games. You no. can pretty much go for free. It's more, it's more road fans. I mean, it's voted the worst stadium in uh, of all 32. Like, it's, it's the field all- is terrible. They can't get free agents because, I mean, there's probably more torn ACLs on... Uh, FedEx Field than anywhere else. The field is in awful condition. I mean, it's they are truly a joke franchise, and it's. I mean, it, so, it starts at the top, obviously. I mean, well, what do you think is the next step? So you know, what happens now? Like, do you, uh, like he has he has to sell the team, or do you think he's just going to dig his heels well, in? I mean, and, he's going to dig his heels. Though I saw something. So there's things that they may have to be do to force him to without having to take a vote with removing him. Mm-hmm. Something about how. Uh, owners can only have so much debt to their name, and he has already been extended a line, one, like a line once, a waiver of that once, and they may just not renew the waiver or yeah. cap the waiver below what he, below his debt uh, ratio as it is right now, which would automatically trigger him having to force the NFL saying that you have to sell it or at least transfer. The and the backout clause really was he could just transfer to his wife, right. um, which then I mean. Does he is he the owner? Is he not? Then right. I mean, 
But there, there, there's things out there. What's what's going to happen? I mean, something has to be done. I don't know that anything will. So, so let's say he drops the oppo. Who do you think has the most dirt? I think it's Jerry Jones. I mean, it has to be. Which is funny it has because, to be Jerry which Jones. Which is funny because there has been no. I mean, Jerry Jones has been. Like he's clean. Almost. Yeah. Publicly. 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 And look, I mean, but he's been one of Dan Snyder's biggest supporters. I mean, like he's been the only guy who has even pretended to go to bat for him. Yeah. I mean, you have Jim Irsay coming out saying that uh, that this, that he needs to sell the team. And if you want to look up a guy who has his own share of que- very questionable decisions and problems, I mean, Jim Irsay is right up there. I mean, that dude's got like multiple DUIs, multiple like drug charges. I mean, yeah. like. The, yeah, the guy. Like, I mean, if he does release the oppo, it will be very interesting to see. What's, yes, I mean, what's I'm, in I'm there. sure every single. I mean, know, yeah, every single. Rich all of them. Yeah, people, right. Like, I mean, if you that's like if you could release that same oppo on any industry, not yeah, or any sporting, right, exactly. you know, league in general. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But he's always a topic on this show. Dan Schneider, if you ever want to come in and say your say your piece, you're always welcome on our show. We're not biased at all. Instance, if you yeah. want to defend our our listeners, would love to hear it from you. Um, one more thing. Uh, I know you have some takes on this. Um, Demonte Adams uh, assaulted a cameraman on his way out of the Chiefs game. He is claiming that the guy ran in front of the field and he jumped in front of him and bumped into him and kind of pushed him. And that's how he ended up on the ground. His final quote was, so I wanted to say sorry to him for that because that was just frustration mixed with him literally running in front of me. So I know you are on Demonte Adams' side here. So let's 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 hear this take. Shay. Right. So let's start. Should he have pushed him? No. But you just lost an extremely. You almost mounted a great comeback. It's a frustrating game. Like you blew a big lead. Almost mounted the comeback. You know the final play of the game. You you get tangled up with your own receiver. You know another receiver and just. I mean the. I'm sure he was just livid walking off. Oh, that I field. would I would 100 percent be livid. And, but I and and if you watch the video like. The guy, what the hell was the guy doing? Like clearly walking in front of the path to the visitors, you know, locker room. I mean, they're running back and forth to get shots. I mean, they're but he doesn't like have his. It's not like he's actively taking a picture. He's probably getting set to shoot them coming back in. I would imagine. I mean, that's maybe, his job. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. But like, you gotta have a little bit of spatial awareness, you know. Like, I, I and again, Dante should have pushed him. Like at the end of the day, yeah. he was it, good on him, and, and I know the apology sounded kind of, but it was like it was a rapid apology. It was like the first thing he did, like when the media started talking, he was like, yeah. "I want to apologize." Yeah. So I don't think he was like, I think he was like, no, no, actually no. trying to replay the events in his head, yeah. and because he is like, he kind of bumped into me, and then I kind of pushed him, and he could definitely just straight. I mean, obviously, show it wasn't malicious but, intent. I mean, he he yeah, he was right there. It's just the, it's just funny. It's the just fact like, that within hours, this guy is like like has filed a lawsuit against. Devonta Adams just reeks of yeah, payday. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries is what they said. I mean, clearly, if you watch the video, the guy got pushed down. He yeah. said he was like, oh, he like, hurt his back, has whiplash and concussion-like symptoms. And yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, I've never been pushed by Devontae Adams, but it can't be that bad. I mean, it it, it wasn't like Devontae like laid him yeah, out or no, running full no, speed. No, no. He just it, put he pushed him out of the way. Yeah. And yes, the guy wasn't ready for it either, so he went right. Did right. go flying to the ground, but like the fact that you're like the guy. I mean, Devontae Adams apologized, did everything yeah. right. Like I think, um, like what it was a sincere apology. It seemed like, um, I think he did feel bad in the moment, or you know, the moments after, um. And by all accounts, Devontae Adams is, like, one of the nicest guys in the NFL. Oh, 100%. So, like, the fact that this is going on, I feel bad for Devontae. This just reeks of payday from this guy. 
Um, but who knows? Speaking of NFL photographers, I just found out that Randy Johnson is an NFL photographer. And I saw guess, this. guess what his logo yes, is? Yes, I've seen this. His logo for his photography company or brand is a dead bird upside down in a circle. Just right. amazing. Just right. absolutely I mean, amazing. Coldly leaning into like when he exploded that bird with that fastball. I mean, that's but... his legacy. I mean, that's his legacy, right? I mean, like it's up he, he was I mean, a great pitcher, be... but like what do people remember I mean, Randy he's an Johnson? all-time great pitcher, but, but... Like, when people think of Randy Johnson, they remember him Killing the bird. Exploding I mean, like, a bird. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Whoever is his media consultant or whatever that was like, hey, we should make this the logo. Amazing. Amazing. That is um, great. And the fact that, like, I saw that photo of him out there and I was like, this is great. I knew I did not know that about him and that, that, that was really great. Um, okay. Before we get into college football this week, it's a decent slate this week uh, that we have for you guys. But want to just talk about sports in general. This is a great time in sports. This is probably the best two weeks in sports right now where – you know, in mid-October, mid to late October, um, where you've got literally everything going on. I mean, we're recording this on Thursday, and as of tonight, there is there's MLB playoffs, there's NBA, there's NHL, there's NFL, and um, college football all on in one night. Yeah, yeah. Which is wild. It's 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 a great two weeks. The NBA's kicked back to off. Shep, I know you're an NBA guy. Just quick NBA predictions for this year. What do you, who do you think is going to be at the top? What, what are you seeing on the NBA? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season. I mean, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of familiar names. You're going to see. I mean, the Bucks should be great. The, the the team to watch, I think, in the West and as a potential spoiler, and it's going to be a great team is the Clippers. Actually, um, if you can get, I mean, look, Paul George. I mean, Kawhi Leonard didn't play at all last year. Paul George, I think, only played about 50 to 60, well, under 60 games, I think it was, um, and still led them to um, to close to getting into the playoffs. Both the, if both those, if you can get 65 games from both of those guys, or at least 60, they're going to be, they've added some solid pieces over there. John Wall coming, coming over there. Um, they've added some very solid pieces. That's going to be a team to watch, um, I think, in the West. Um if you're not looking at your traditional the Warriors, there's no reason to think the Warriors can't get a mount a solid chance of coming back. Um, the Celtics are an interesting team, following um, uh, you know the, the coaching issues there, like um, with Joe Mazzulla stepping up, with Ime Adoka being suspended for the year. Um, obviously, the fascination that is the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Um, what like, going on there? And there's yeah. a lot of young teams to watch. I mean, um, John Morant might be the most exciting player in all of sports. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might be the single best ticket to buy. I mean, every time that guy, that kid touches the court, his athleticism and creativity is on, is on display. It's incredible. So, uh, and they were a great team last year. So we'll have to see if they can follow that up. We can't start the slate this week without talking about my Vols victory over Alabama. Roll what? Roll what? Um, and now they face uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in fees and fines and cost. 150k for the goalposts, 100k fine from the NCAA because this is their second. Obvious, uh, obviously they, they had tore down the goalposts a while ago already, and I guess it's 100k just straight for storming the field. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there we go. So it was an amazing game. Um, I had Vols money line, uh, a pick that was given to me from our uh, our contributor. Uh, 
Christian, so thank you for that pick. But it was an amazing game. Um, look, now we're back in the debate. You know, the debate kicks off again. When is it appropriate to storm the field? I, I know Shep has a lot of thoughts on this, and I may be biased in this situation, but look, I mean, that's a great win, an incredible game. People are fired up in the stands. You know, you're in Knoxville. You're all riled up, sold-out house. You know, comes down to the final last couple seconds. You're excited. I mean, I think it's hard for you not to jump out I, there and start storming the field. I get it. And it, the futil- and it speaks more to the futility that Tennessee football has had over the past, you know, you know, almost two decades that it, it going on now. Um, and that you yeah, hadn't beaten Alabama in 15 years. Um, you, you got it. A very exciting win. Um, but for one, like, one, I think there's a very, very, very specific set of rules to storm the field. One, I'm going to start off, you cannot be a ranked team and storm the field. Sure, I don't care six, how excited right. it is, that. let alone a top 10 team. Yes, you beat your vaunted rival who you haven't beaten in forever in exciting fashion in a great game, but you're the number six team in the nation. You get the, when you are the number six team in the nation, you get the field stormed when you lose. You don't storm the field ever at that. I mean, I'm going to start it off there. If you're a top 10 team, 100% a top 10 team, anything, I would argue even ranked, and then there's certain programs that just should never do it. Um, I know Georgia has done it once um, from my research. Uh, after a similar type situation, we'd finally beaten Florida after a long, um, long stretch of losing to them. Um, and I think they stormed the field. And that's the only time in school history. I think we were unranked at that time. Um, it was a big upset win. Um, and I think, and again, so it's like, you know, obviously, but it, that that was, I think, something like 20-something years ago. I think that was in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, so I, well, here's what I'll say, though, is, like, again, it's, like, certain programs, too. Like, Georgia should never storm the field. No. Uh, and I, I don't remember that. I, mean, I don't remember, like, Alabama has never done it, and they shouldn't. No, you they, know, sh- they should never. certain programs that yeah. just no. – and, and it's not like that's on – like, Tennessee, they have a history of winning. Like, there yeah. were times, where, and, and for a long time, that they were a very, very solid program. And they're getting back to that – Josh Heupel has been getting back into that um, that echelon, um, and it's like have more respect for your program than yeah. to do that. Like yeah. you know, like it, it's to me, it's embarrassing. Um, but I know, I, I know that's a hot take. But it's like when you're a team that gets the the, the field stormed when they beat you more often than not, like you kind of like understand and get a different different perspective. I'm not happy about this slander to my balls, but I will accept it. And but I want to talk about the goalpost for a second. How difficult the, is it to get the goalpost down? That oh, seems too yeah. easy. Yeah, you you think it would be like cemented. I, yeah. I mean are they not cemented in? I like is not. it a sandbag? Like I don't understand. I feel like they was, got that down very it, quick. Well so did you see the whole um also, thing, did you see they, the conspiracy theory that what? like the the Alabama fans have been floating that that goalpost was like slightly smaller than regulation and if it was regulation size then that field goal that they missed at right, you know, with like 10 seconds left or whatever would have gone through, they would have won the game. Um, and so that's why Tennessee fans had to go take that field goal and go bury it underneath. That the, is the worst. That is the, that's the throw most it in the Alabama river. thing I've ever heard in my life. That is, that is ridiculous. But how do they, so, so they, they take down the post. Like, I guess they swing on it and it eventually comes down. They then move it up the stands. Everyone's seen the footage. How do they get that through the, like, you know when you're walking into a stadium and you have, like, I mean, it's like doors. I mean, they're not, I mean, I, how do you get that out through the door? Like, the there's doors. There's probably some areas of the stadium that are, like, more open, you know, that, like, but where buses have to way? come through, where, like, trucks have to come through, you know, to, 
and whatnot. So I'm sure they found a way to do it. I mean, never underestimate like the will of a bunch of drunk college kids. True. Like, I mean, they they took the goalpost, walked down the street, and threw it into a lake. So yeah. I mean, really, really, really good. Um, but you know, look, it was an exciting game. Really happy. It was it was Great a, game, it yeah. was a really it was incredible watching the end of that game. Um, I mean, I took balls money line, so I was thrilled. Um, but that was awesome. Leading into this week, I'm really excited. Uh, so let's get to the slate. Um, we have a couple really good games, as Shep said earlier, um, and a couple not so great games. But it's you know it's another week of college football, and we're grateful that it's here. Um, so let's kick it off with number seven Ole Miss at LSU. LSU is favored minus two. Over under is sixty eight. Um, Ole Miss is playing in Death Valley. Uh, this is going to be a pretty evenly matched game. I mean, Ole Miss um, hasn't had a diff- crazy difficult schedule so far. Um, I the only thing I really have to say in this is you know I think uh, Ole Miss is going to pull off the upset on the road. Um, I just I just think that I, that's my prediction. I don't have too much to back that up, but that's what I think is going to happen. Shep, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean this one again feels like uh, like Vegas knows something that we don't. Like why? I mean you're right, Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss has had a hasn't necessarily played the. The toughest schedule, but they have some good wins. I mean, they beat Kentucky, and I know Kentucky um, in, in a close game. And Kentucky's looked like a legitimate team. I know they lost again uh, recently, but Kentucky's looked like a legitimate team, so it's hard to say there. Um, and but it, like to me, it's just like and LSU has been has had a. But the thing is, LSU's had a very up and down season so far, right? Like. Right, you know that they're a miracle away. Sure, they're a miracle away from being six and one. We might be looking at this team very differently with their only loss being, you know, a demolishing by Tennessee. But right, um, and Florida State that actually looks like a solid team this year. It's not a bad loss necessarily. Um, but this still feels like a top ten team coming in to it, even a tough environment. I thought it would be closer to Ole Miss favored by. Two or three, yeah. Uh, rather than seeing them as the dog, um, and you know what, I I still like Ole Miss to keep it together, find a way to go get this win. Um, I, I'll take Ole Miss. Um, all right, so uh, now we're looking at Minnesota at 16th ranked Penn State. Uh, Penn State is favored minus four. Uh, I read that the Minnesota quarterback is questionable. Um, he, I'm not sure if he's going to play. That might change obviously as the week moves forward and. Obviously, our pick will change. Um, well, not will change, but when if you're betting on Saturday, make sure you take that into account. Um, Minnesota has one of the top running backs in college football um, in running back uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. Um, and here's the thing. My take on this is Penn State needs a comeback game after getting crushed by Michigan last week, um, and this is going to be their game to do it. They're at home. Uh, they need this game to kind of stay in the top 25. Um, they're only favored by four here. I'm going to say, especially if Mich- a Minnesota quarterback does not play, Penn State minus four. Uh, I'm with you. I think you said everything that needs to be said. I mean, Minnesota looked like a great team to start the year, um, coming out really strong. That kind of bad loss to Purdue at home. And then a loss at Illinois, um, who's looking like a solid program as well. They were kind of like in that same kind of um, echelon that looked like uh, of teams. Um, so, you know, can, are they? Is it going to be three straight losses for them? I think so. I think at Penn State is just a tough place to go play. Um, so yeah, I think again, especially with like you said, questions about the quarterback. Even if he does play, is he probably not playing at one hundred percent? I like Penn State to to cover here. 
All right. Next game, Memphis at 25, ranked Tulane. Tulane's favored minus seven. Uh, Shep, I'll let you uh, kick this one. Yeah, off. I mean, again, that this this just goes to show the slate of games we're working with. As you mentioned at the top of the at the top of the segment, um, there's like four or five really really good games. Luckily, they're all at about every time slot because the rest of the games just really don't interest me. And this is one of them. I don't know really anything about these teams. All I remember, all I know is uh, you know just fascinating that Tulane has found a way. To get ranked i know they had a show lacking of umass to start the season so it always thinks to bring it back full circle there i wanted to add them to the slate look that was a tough win that they got and that's what probably put him in the top 25 honestly yeah you know gutsy win um on this though i mean i don't know anything about memphis i know they've had good teams in the past Tulane, do you really trust Tulane football to to come out and be hyped up as a ranked team i don't know I'm actually going to take Memphis with the points here because I'm, that's just how I'm feeling it. Yeah, I mean, Tulane is this is the first time they've been in the top 25 in, I think, two decades. Um, and Memphis scores a lot of points. You know, they're averaging 35 and a half points a game so far this year. Um, I just, I, like you said, Shep, I just don't see, I can't believe Tulane is favored by seven here. Um, I, I think Memphis covers, and I'm going to take the over, not on our car, but I'm going to take the over as well. Um, moving on to Iowa at Ohio State. Ohio State's ranked number two. They are favored by 29 and a half points. Look, Iowa is bad. I mean, they have no offense at all. Um, I, this could be a shutout easily unless, you know, Ohio State throws a pick six or gets caught in a safety situation. Um, there's really not much more to say about this. Is You know, Iowa's been a letdown this year. They had a decent season last year. Ended on a letdown, and they've continued that right through this year. Um, I take Ohio State in the points here, uh, minus 29 and a half. Um. Yeah. So I. I think. Yeah. The big thing here is. I think. Again. The points you made are all. Are all valid. I think. The question is when you just when you start to get the spreads that are four touchdown spreads that it's tough. I mean. I don't. I don't think. Ohio State fans would be upset if this game was you know thirty one to three and now you're not covering right. I think they would still feel like they went out and covered you know did their did what they needed to do but I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I think Ohio State at home. I think this. You know, C.J. Stroud is, I think, looking to put up just absolute video game numbers in this game just so to try and um, boost his Heisman uh, campaign here. He's the front runner, so they're expecting big things from him. I'm going to take Ohio State with the points in this one. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally agree there. Um, next game, 21-ranked Cincy at SMU. Cincy's favored uh, by 3.5 points. Um, Shep, I'll let you kick this off. Yeah, again, same thing on this one. Um, just... The intrigue in these games just hasn't been there. SMU has been an up-and-down team. They can score. Um, Cincinnati, obviously, um, it's not the same Cincinnati from last year. But you know what? At the end of the day, they're a 5-1 and program with their only loss to a pretty tough Arkansas team. I like Cincy in this game. Um, I think they go in there. I think they cover pretty easily, actually. Um, I was a little surprised to see that the spread was only... Um, only three and a half. I thought it'd be closer to a touchdown uh, spread. Yeah, agreed. I mean, look, these Texas teams just forget what defense is. I mean, they just can't play defense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, the spread, three and a half points is a little too low uh, for me not to take Cincy minus three and a half. I, I think Cincy comes in, uh, comes into SMU and, uh, and delivers on, on the spread. So, here we go. We're getting some more interesting games here. We got the, the not-so-great games out of the way. Uh, let's do number 17-ranked Kansas State at 8-ranked TCU Horned Frogs. Um, TCU is favored minus 3.5. The over-under is 54.5. 
Look, the Horned Frogs are facing another Kansas team, second Kansas team in, in three weeks. Um, and look, this is simple for me. I don't think they, you know, they had a tough game against KU. Um, I don't think they're going to come in and beat two ranked Kansas teams in three weeks. The letdown has to be coming for TCU. They've been playing good football, uh, but there always has to be a letdown. You know, at some point, there's always, I thought it was going to be against the Jayhawks, uh, unfortunately, but it wasn't. Um, so I think this week's a letdown. I'm going to go under here, 54 and a half, and I'm going to take uh, Kansas State plus three and a half. Yeah, um, so I think the big question for TCU on this one, um, TCU was, you know, kind of picked as, like, a potential dark horse as as is um, just to come in into the Big 12. Um, they're showing, I mean, Sonny Dykes, former SMU coach, coming across town uh, to TCU, has been just absolutely on fire there. Um, and the win against Oklahoma State, I mean, that's a very impressive win. Um, they have three straight wins, like you said, against ranked teams. Um question here is that was a very draining win against Oklahoma State you know a double overtime win um against you know a very good program can they keep the momentum going um can they get up for this game um you know I think they actually can um I think uh, you know Kansas State they, they, they are a solid program and you know, Adrian Martinez there feels like he's been in college you know since Vietnam um <laughs> And, but he's playing he's playing well he's playing better than he ever did at uh, at Nebraska it feels like so that that'll be interesting to watch I think there are going to be some points in this game like you said um, I'm going to take TCU to keep rolling and I'm going to take the over all right um, next game uh, 24 ranked Mississippi State at sixth ranked Alabama Alabama's favored uh, minus 21 the over under is 61 uh, Shep I'll let you kick this off yeah um. I think this is going to, Bama's going to roll in this one. I think they're pissed. Um, you know, obviously they can't have another letdown um, anywhere. Um, I think they're still going to win the West, but there's definitely some areas for some for some wild scenarios here if uh, um, for things to open up. Um, I mean, someone made a joke about how you could have four SEC teams in the playoffs. Uh, so um, if Ole Miss goes on, you know, if Ole Miss's only loss is to Bama. Um, Bama beats or Georgia beats Tennessee. Bama beats Georgia. Now you have all of these one-loss teams, um, all probably ranked within the top five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting to see there. Um, I think for me, uh, I'm gonna take. I think for for that reason though, I think um, Bama's going to roll in this one, um, and I'll take the over. I think. Um, Bama's defense isn't what it has been in the past. People are scoring on them. Mississippi State can definitely score. They move the ball. Uh, Alabama was subject to to the to the deep play, to the big play, which Mississippi State loves to air the ball out with Mike Leach. So I'll take Bama to cover, but I will also take the over. Yeah, um, look, I you know I think Alabama. I've had my one Alabama upset this year, um, and thankfully I was on the right side of that one. I don't think it's coming again, especially not two weeks in a row. Saban's going to be out for blood uh, this week. Uh, and look, you know, the the Alabama gets beat by by big plays down the field. You know, quarterbacks throwing bombs down the field. I think they're going to adjust. Uh, Mississippi State, they like to throw bombs, but they but look, they have only had nine passes for more than 30 yards this season. You know, so so they had they the potential to have big plays, but if Alabama's able to shut the the deep game down and let them do these quick Patriot style uh, short passes, it's going to be hard to beat Alabama. And 
like I said, they already had their upset for the year, in my view. I think Alabama's going to come in here and roll them with you, Shep. I'm going to take Alabama minus 21 in the over at 61. Um, next game, we have Texas, 20-ranked uh, Texas at 11th-ranked Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas is favored minus 6.5. The over-under is 60.5. Um, look, Texas season's been a roller coaster so far. I mean, they almost beat Alabama. They Then they almost lose to UTSA. Then they lose to Texas Tech, but then they beat Oklahoma 49-0. They had a tough battle with Iowa State. I mean, this 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 season for Texas has been a roller coaster, absolutely. Um, so what they come in here and do against a good Oklahoma State team, um, you know, at at home or on the road for Texas, excuse me, um, it's going to be interesting. You know, Oklahoma State is a good defensive line. Oklahoma quarterback. Here's here's the kicker. Last I read, Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State. May not play, uh, and if he does play, he's got a banged up shoulder. Is that going to influence anything? Probably. Um, and Texas' major issue so far is that they also give up big passes down the field. Uh, but with Sanders' injury, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to see many deep balls from him. Um, with that being said, uh, just because of the season, I'm, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the uh, underdog at home here. I'm going to take Oklahoma State uh, plus six and a half, and the over at sixty and a half. So, um, yeah, like you said, Texas' season's been a roller coaster, but it's really been quite tied to Quinn Ewers. When he's been in, they've been a completely different program, um, and he's been in and healthy, and the offense looks like they can actually play. Um, The defense at times, like you said, has been – the defense at times, you know, has been – almost by inspired by the offense i would say you know like when 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 they look like they're rolling the defense can play better um but you know and like you said um it it does seem interesting that they're coming in as a um as the road favorites here against a ranked oklahoma state team and i think that says more like you said um that there's concern about oklahoma state missing their quarterback um and says a lot on the respect that uh that Texas is getting with Quinn Ewers and um you know it it seems it seems strange this seems like the perfect letdown game for Texas where they're the big time favorite coming in um here they can build off some momentum you know um off of their big wins um um especially you know their big win over OU and whatnot and um continue you know in a close game against following up with a close game against Iowa State that took every bit of effort to get that win yeah um but you know what uh I, I I'm I think this is the one I'm gonna look back and say of course this why did I pick this but I'm gonna roll with Texas here um, your horns up horns up um again I think I trust Quinn Ewers to to play well and find a way to get this win um the on the on the flip side on the on the over under again i kind of feel like this is going to be another low scoring game though um yeah. and i'm gonna take the under on it yep all right um two more games left on our slate we'll go to 14 ranked syracuse at five ranked clemson clemson's favorite minus 13 and a half uh the over under is a low 49 and a half uh shep why don't you start this one off for us yeah um so it, it, i think I'm looking at last week and what um, simply looking at last week and what Clemson did to Florida State. Um, I think the fact that this game's at home, um, Syracuse is playing very well. I understand, um, deserve it of a 14 ranked or undefeated. But this will be a tough game to come in. Um, DJ Oyungalele looked like he might be the worst uh, quarterback, you know, of a Power Five program for a while, but he's picked it up some. 
Um, and, um, you know, I, I just I think this is going to, again, be one of those where is the moment too big for a team that hasn't had a moment like this in forever, right? Like, um, are they going to be able to... Uh, are they going to be able to play the way they can um, against a real team, against a defense, you know, that they haven't seen like Clemson's yet? Um, it's kind of what happened to Florida State, like I was saying. I think it's just, you know, um, it's a good story, but I think here's where it comes to an end. I'm going to take Clemson. Um, on the over-under here, again, that's such a low over-under. Yeah. But I think, again, Clemson's defense just – is going to I could easily see this being you know a twenty four to fourteen type game, um, comfortable win for Clemson. I think I'm taking the under. All right, yeah. I mean that you pretty much said it all. Um, you know I hope the kids at Syracuse are running around the bars because undefeated is about to end this week. Um, you know they've also had a pretty you know outside of Florida State they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point. And Clemson's won 37 straight home football games. Um, I don't know how that's possible, but that's a fact, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's a pretty good stat. Um, write that one down in your notebook. Share that with your friends at the bar. Um, 37 straight home games. Um, and I do think Clemson does win this game here. Do I think they win by more than 13 and a half? No. Um, I'm going to take Syracuse plus 13 and a half here. Um I just think 13 and a half is too many points. I'm also going to take the over just because 49 and a half seems low to me. So Shep and I are on opposites on this one. Um, but that's just my pick. That's kind of what I'm feeling for this one. Um, and we'll see what happens. But uh, moving on to our final game, probably the best game of the week. Um, and that's saying something here. Uh, we have number nine ranked UCLA at number 10 ranked Oregon. Oregon minus six. Over under is 70 and a half. Look, this is my Bo Nix is a fraud game of the week. Um, you know, although he did bring Chick-fil-A to the Oregon campus, so shout out Bo, Bo Nix, you're still a fraud. Um, but uh, look, o- Oregon uh, has rebounded well. Got to give him credit after they got stomped in week one by Georgia. Um but look, UCLA is the most efficient passing game in the Pac-12 right now. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Obviously, Vegas agrees here. The defenses are pretty awful. Neither of them get off the field on third and fourth downs. Um, and these are the two best, two very good offenses, especially at in third and fourth downs. So it's going to be an offensive battle here. Um, look, I think UCLA comes in here and uh, delivers the upset. I'm going to take UCLA plus six, and I hate hate doing this. I'm going to take the over 70 and a half. It's, I know it's so many points, but... Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at. So, Shep, what do you think? Yeah, you know, um, I kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying there. Is uh, I mean, Oregon, yeah, like you said, they've really rebounded um, since, I mean, just absolute demolishing uh, in week one. Um, and UCLA, but you know what? UCLA has been a consistent program. They've got, they've had some decent wins. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like you can question their wins, I think, as much as maybe even Oregon's, um, cause, uh, I think their, their wins are more impressive than Oregon. So I would say is where I'm going with this. Um, so, but the question is, again, this is a team that hasn't had any sort of football success in since God knows when. Um, so are they prepared for finally being in the spotlight to go up there and, and a team like Oregon that is used to it. I know this is a new team, the new head coach, but, um, or, or, you know, uh, but, uh, that, that coach has had experience coming from, from Georgia. So, you know, does UC, is UCLA ready for that? Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, 
minus six. This feels like the type of game, like I said, it's going to be so high scoring um, that yeah. it's really who has the ball last. Yeah. Um, and UCLA, I think, can at least cover the spread uh, if they aren't able to win this one outright. So I'm going to take UCLA. And I feel like you're right. Like, how do you how do you take the over when it's this high? But at the same time, how do you not take the over when it's this high? It's too much fun. Got to yeah. be some scoring. I mean, look, it, it. this game could be 37-34. Yeah. And we're right there at the over, right? right? So, I mean, I can see that being a possible... This, team, this could also be 45-48. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, so, so uh, I think the over, I'm I'm feeling better about the over. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we could rally. We could just spend 10 minutes saying right possible, possible scoring <laughs> scenarios. Um, but, okay. So, those are the games for the week. Really excited to be back. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Thank you all for listening. Um, Shep, any final words? I hope you all go out there and make a lot of money this weekend. Everyone have a great week.